Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of Chatty Potter. I hope you're excited to talk about all things Harry Potter with me today. Before we jump in, as always, just wanted to plug the Patreon. You can support the podcast for as little as £5 a month over on patreon.com slash chattypotter. There you could have had this episode and every other episode early. You could have had access to exclusive Harry Potter content, uh, behind the scenes of a new animated Harry Potter series project that I'm working on, as well as a bunch of other things like reading some books together, doing exclusive live streams over there, and tons of other content. So patreon.com slash chattypotter if that sounds like your cup of tea. Otherwise, here's the podcast. Kate, thank you so much for joining me on Chatty Potter. Do you want to start by talking about like your content, what it is you produce on the internet? All right. Well, I produce Harry Potter content on TikTok, and I'm coming up on my one year anniversary on that. Between like, um, like cosplaying and like I was spitting out facts videos for a while, <laughs> and I was doing like all sorts of like rating videos. So I do like a whole bunch of like different things, and people seem to like it, and I seem to enjoy it. So. That's the main thing. So can you just, before we jump into like Harry Potter stuff, can you, I, I'm fairly new to TikTok, so I feel like I missed the Draco talk boat. Can you just oh, explain that to me? The Draco talk, ooh, where do I even start? <laughs> well, I have some, let me just start off with like a little story that you might enjoy. Back in September, I was scrolling through TikTok as I was, avid user, and I'm just like, since when did Harry Potter become popular? Like on TikTok, I'm like scrolling through this feed and it's like all these Draco POVs. I'm just like, I'm kind of like into this. Like I'm getting into this. Oh, wow. And that's how you like, that's how you got into it. That's, that's where you started making. Did you make Draco talk stuff or that's just the stuff you watched before you started making stuff? I wouldn't say I was deep in the content of Draco talk personally making it but I was definitely warped into like watching the videos and like keeping up with like the drama series and stuff like that. So there were drama series with it. Oh yeah. Have you not seen the, you know, people, I think her one name is Claudia. I don't know her full user, but she is an amazing um, film editor and content creator. And she started on like, draco talk and she inserted herself like in the movies and it's like this full like length movie like drama series it is like absolutely amazing wow no i've not heard of that but i will definitely have to give it a watch have to it's amazing <laughs> nice and then you transitioned into sort of like generic harry potter stuff you said you did like ratings and facts and stuff do you want to tell us a little bit more about that Yes. So my first ever Draco Talk video that I made was a put a finger down video that I thought got attention. It got like 300 likes. But hey, for a person who wasn't making content, I was like, this is great. Yeah, that's huge at the start. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, maybe I can do something like this. And then I started getting into like um, the fan fictions and stuff like that. I didn't dive too much into that niche of like ratings and stuff like that because i can't read that fast <laughs> so like some of these people are like cranking out like 800 page fan fictions in like two days i'm just like it took me like two months to read like manacled i don't know if you know what manacled is but another 800 page fan fiction that i know sasha sloan finished in one night what really i think put me like kind of out there was the fact videos that I was doing about mm -hmm. different characters. And of course, the first one that went viral was the Draco Malfoy one and Narcissa Malfoy one. Yeah. My God. It was, I I was just fooling around and I was like, maybe it was like, these are all facts that people know. Maybe people will learn something. <laughs> maybe they won't. And apparently, it, you know, people didn't know like a lot of the 
to me known facts so I just kind of kept rolling with that and I kept doing more and more characters but now I'm trying to transition and like different kinds of content while still trying to put in fact videos I'm trying to get out of like just spitting out facts about random yeah characters. yeah that's what I associate you with like that's the the content that I see from you the most that like comes up on my for you page do you want to um do you want to give us some of your best like Harry Potter character facts all right I read one about Theo not everybody loves Theo not because they made him famous in like the fan fiction community he actually developed a working time turner for Lucius Malfoy and I think that was I never read the cursed child but when I was looking up different facts about Theo it mentioned like he was a great inventor of magical artifacts and that he created a magic working time turner but oh wow oh you know that the time turners were destroyed and here here's Theo creating this freaking time turner for I'm pretty sure Lucius Malfoy so. wow I, I did not know that fact that is impressive I honestly, so I'm not that deep into fan fiction. I could not tell you who Theo not is. He was one of Draco Malfoy's friends. He's not mentioned that much in the books, but his father, it, it was a known Death Eater. Sure. Mentioned in the books. So. Gotcha. That is a good fact. And you know what? It didn't even take that long to think of. I got one more that uh, about Pansy Parkinson. Pansy Parkinson's um, her one of her oldest family members. Family members was a minister of magic. So it is one of the reasons why she holds herself in such high regards. Like I'm part of, you know, my relatives was the minister of magic. Uh -huh. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. So no, I that's fine. She basically sees funny. herself as royalty. Is that right? Yes, 100%. Oh my goodness. That, another great fact. Dude, why are you trying to transition away from this content? It's, it's so good. Because if you say the wrong fact, people will tear you apart. I had to turn off the comments on my Bellatrix the Strange video because I guess I said too much of known facts people tore me apart and i was just starting out and i couldn't take it now i can take it like i don't really care but yeah they were so they're just like these are all facts that we know like like no duh and i'm just like whoa like chill like some people don't know like yeah just scroll past it's easy yeah seriously but that's the only one that i ever got like extreme heat from so mm -hmm. yeah lucky enough. oh man Oh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fair enough. I guess like people are very touchy about things they care about, right? Okay, so um, clearly you like Harry Potter enough to know a bunch of facts or research these facts or whatever. So, do you want to tell me about your relationship with the series? Oh my goodness. Um, well, started I when I was nine. I watched the movies when I was nine, and I first the first movie I ever saw in theaters was Goblet of Fire with my Nona. Nona is Italian word for grandma. So, oh my God, I was just like mesmerized. We watched the first three movies like on ABC Family way back when. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. It was just crazy. And then like all of a sudden, like my friends were watching it too. And I was like, I've just seen this movie. Like Nona and I love to go see these movies. And it just holds like such like, a great, like happy, like childhood memory for me. And it's something that so many other people like enjoy and can get into and there's all these great books and there's so many people that get together and like talk about it and it's something real people can bond over and create great friendships and create great content that a lot of people love and it's harm it's completely harmless most of the time so yeah with with yeah. exceptions yeah with exceptions <laughs> yeah i think you're right i think that nostalgia like 
it doesn't take itself too seriously and so it's hard to hate it right you can you can not it can not be your cup of tea but it's not going to offend you right like like 100 percent. like for example i'm not that big into lord of the rings and i know for, i know you are <laughs> but a little bit <laughs> but you know i've watched the movies in patches and i've tried to give it a try it's just not my cup of tea but i'm not gonna say like um it sucks i would never say that like everybody mm. has their own like likes and dislikes and a lot of people love harry potter and a lot of people love lord of the rings so it's like we're all in our niche we, everyone's got to find their own niche and not hate on the other niches <laughs> yeah like like what you like let other people like what they like live and let live right yes <laughs> nice see i feel like a lot of people had similar um interactions with harry potter then right so they, they they remember in their childhood it was the first thing they saw in the cinema or one of the first book series that they really took seriously or got excited about the sequels or whatever and then what brought you back to it as an as an adult i never really fully got out of it i would say like i would never be the kind of person like if someone would be like you like harry potter i would always be like yeah like absolutely i have like a deep connection like with these movies and now with the books that i'm reading them so but Harry Potter TikTok really like it dove me in full force. It really like brought me back into like how much I love the series. And now, now that I'm an adult, I can really like research everything and get into like the facts and learn things that I didn't know when I was a kid. Because I'm gonna be completely honest, when I was a kid, I didn't know like the real like hardcore like backstory of like what was going on, like the horcruxes and like what was happening in the Ministry of Magic with all the prophecies on the walls. Like I was just a kid and I was like, magic. Yeah. Like why would you care about that other stuff? One up yeah, one hundred percent. So now it's just like it's wanting, it's that craving to like want to learn more, want to learn the facts, wanting to learn like what what each of the spells like do that are mentioned like in the books and like how they're used and why they were used and why this character is the way they are and how their personality is so it's just like it's like a hunger of like wanting to like always like learn more and learn the knowledge and like dive deeper into this world <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's it like i guess when you have a whole world being built for a story to be contained within you're just like okay i've read i've consumed the story i know the story now but give me more about the world like i want to feel so much more immersed in it tell me about these characters that are mentioned once and these lives that they live outside of it right which i guess is why fan fiction has taken off so much particularly within harry potter because it dives into all these other nooks and crannies of this of the world and the stories it's the what if and it's the what if these two what if this happened what if voldemort wins that's my favorite like alternate universe like learning about because it really like especially with the writers that are like professional and they know how to like put detail into it it's kind of crazy because like in many ways it would make sense so it really like puts you into like the different mindset of just like this could have happened if this one thing didn't happen yeah like the butterfly effect right yes yes which i've heard is a little bit the cursed child i don't know how much you know about the cursed child but i've heard it's a little bit the butterfly effect i did a podcast with my friend t about um i think it was like episode five or something if you ever want to go back and listen to it um but so they were telling me about the cursed child which i've never seen we played a game where they would tell me a plot point and i'd decide whether it was real or they'd made it up and some of the plot points are basically the butterfly effect like people use these time turners go back in time change just a tiny detail and look what it impacts the whole world with which is an interesting idea it sounds like it wasn't executed very well in the cursed child uh, i don't know personally i don't know i just kind of like when people told me about like 
that there was like a child born between Voldemort and Bellatrix. I think it is like Voldemort does not strike me as like a sexual person to make a child. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, like I can get it like, you know, Malfoy's kid, Potter's kid, like having their conflict there. But when you're bringing in like Bellatrix and like Voldy doing the dirty, it's like, what? It's like too much like fan fiction. Yes, exactly. It's like, well, for everything we were given in the books about Voldemort, he hates his lineage, so why would he want an heir? And he doesn't have friends apart from when he needs things, so why would him and Bellatrix have a connection? Like, I don't know. It just, it 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 really rubbed me up the wrong way learning about that. Like, and it's it's fine. It just wasn't for me. So I'm quite happy to just stay away from the Cursed Child, I think. Yeah, I think after I finish, like, the Deathly Hallows, I'm going to be like, eh. When my ebooks are just like, you should check out the next one. I'm gonna be like, oh, oh, oh no, 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 thank you. <laughs> I'll pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're currently reading the books for the first time, is that right? Yes. Tell I, me how that's going. As of today, I finished the Order of the Phoenix book. I'm so so excited. I am mind blown that uh, Dumbledore told Harry about the prophecy because in the movies. We don't really hear much about that until we dive into like Snape's um, like tear memories and stuff like that. So I was like, while I was reading, I was like, this isn't supposed to happen yet. What is going on? So many things were different between Order of the Phoenix book versus the movie. Like, let me just say, the Weasley exit should have been executed. (laughs) In the books, perfect. So good. Oh, I couldn't. I was like, "Mm, yeah, Fred and George, perfect exit. Bye. Let, honestly, so the fact that you finished The Order of the Phoenix means you're coming onto the Half Blood Prince, and that is my favorite book. I am so excited for this for the to start the sixth book. I've been waiting for this one. The two books I was most excited about to read was The Goblet of Fire and The Half Blood Prince. So mm-hmm. I am stoked. I think that's that's those are two good choices because I feel like they are the points where the movies defect more than I was happy with. Like, I understand making changes in some of the films, right? Um, But for the Half-Blood Prince in particular, but also the Goblet of Fire is the next one for me, I feel like they defect a lot and to the detriment of the end product. So I don't know if you have a Twitter, but if you do, please live tweet you reading the Half-Blood Prince because I am so excited for your reaction to so much that they left out of the films. Oh my gosh, I definitely will. I'll start that tonight. (laughs) Amazing. I'm so excited for you. Um, okay, so you are well versed in the movies though, is that right? Tad. Just a tad. Just a little <laughs> bit. Just watched them like a few dozen times. Just like, you know. Just So which is your favourite then? I really I gave a lot of thought about this and mm-hmm. the instinct in me was to say Half Blood Prince, only because of my bias, like Draco Malfoy, like love coming into his own dumb like no. Like I got I thought a little more into it. And it's The Prisoner of Azkaban, like 100%. It was always my favorite. I loved the um, how they talked about the Marauders. I wish they would have talked about them a little more. But I just thought it was just such like a great backstory with like um, Sirius and Harry's parents and how we get to see like his godfather. We get to see like a little more of Harry's family. But... And the whole thing with, like, the Dementors, I thought was done very well. And the cinematography was beautifully done. Um, I think I'm right to believe that the directors changed 
from the first two movies onto the third movie, which makes like a lot of sense because like you can kind of see like the shift from like kid styled movies with the first two going into the third. It really like brought Harry's attention to how like dangerous the wizarding world can be. Like he was on the train and he got attacked by dementors. Like yeah, yeah. make it on the Hogwarts grounds yet. <laughs> it's it's so dark and it's I mean you're right, it's the most beautiful film that they've made. Like in terms of like if you were to take I feel like most frames from that film you could take a still of and it would look like a piece of art. It almost feels it doesn't look like a Wes Anderson film, but it feels like it was put together similar to a Wes Anderson film, right? Um, and then I think they changed the director again straight yeah. into number four and then into number five. And then oh. I think it was the same guy from five, six, seven, if I I'm not mistaken. I think that's how it is. I think that's definitely how it is. I think um, the, I want to say like the director's name was like Alfonso. Alfonso Cuaron, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so definitely tell the shift from like the third movie onto the fourth movie the fourth movie is like way more dark like just the intro was way more dark and like getting into like it was becoming like more like an adultish movie yeah so um apparently the director from the goblet fire has never read harry potter and that's why it was directed so poorly i did i did see that in a is that one of your facts no actually because i made um I mean, I think I made um, a fact video after the fact I saw that, saw that video, but I'm going to have to make a part two and be like, listen, y'all, there's a reason. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think The um, the Prisoner of Azkaban is a very popular favorite film, and, and for good reason. It's it's very true to the book. There are a few points where it yeah. affects, but... Movie, I think it's for movie reasons, making everything fit nicely together for what they had to cut out. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's a nice... Like, it's a it's one of the great stories right i think prisoner of azkaban is up there for a lot of people as the book as well just the the oh narrative God. is great um do you have a least favorite movie i do it's the chamber of secrets it's everybody's it's mine as well <laughs> it's my least favorite but like i can't even say like that i well like i hate anyone because i watch any of them like mm. any time but, like, as we are, like, ranking them right now, I did put Chamber of Secrets at the bottom of my list. Do you, Wait, do you have a list of all eight? Do you want to give it to me? Sure. <laughs> okay. And and I, I would like to say no judgment, but I feel no, like I, I might them. judge you a little bit. No, totally fine. Judge me and I'll judge you. <laughs> but let's see. Um, the first one was Prisoner of Azkaban. And then I went into Half-Blood Prince. Then I went into Deathly Hallows um Deathly Hallows two, Deathly Hallows one, and Order of the Phoenix, Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone. Yes, I thank you. Sorry, <laughs> and then Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, that's I, we're not too far from each other. A lot of people hate on the Half Blood Prince film, and I I wonder if you'll get that a bit more when you've read it. But I still really like it. So like it's. I, a lot of people say that it misses out so many core details, and I get that, but it's just so... It's funny, and I, you get to see a way more human side of these characters, like, before it gets really dark with the Deathly Hallows and the end of the Half-Blood Prince, do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot I would have liked to have seen that, that I didn't see, but I still think there's a lot to it. I think you're totally warranted in having it quite high. I just... all I, I haven't read the book yet, 
But all I know is even when I was little, I just, for some reason, I was drawn to, like, the sixth movie. And not because of the characters and how they look great and whatever. But I just thought the story was, like, amazing how Dumbledore took Harry to find this Horcrux. Like, it's, he's done, like, adult or wizarding adult, like, missions before. But this is, like, getting into, like, his own life and destroying this Horcrux. And at the very end, when it was all for naught, you're just kind of standing there, like, so, like, Dumbledore, like, basically died for nothing until you watch the Deathly Hollows. So, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I just think, I just, I just love that movie. That place, that movie has just, like, a special place in my heart. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool because I feel like a lot of, a lot of Harry's big moments happen to him. And I feel like from the Half-Blood Prince onwards, he sort of goes on the front foot, right? It's like he sort of seizes it and and starts going for it. Like, I don't know if that really makes sense the way I've explained it, but but does that (laughs) a little bit? Yeah, I just love Professor Slughorn. (laughs) He he is like my, he's just my favorite professor. He's, I just love how he literally has like, favorites and he can make like his own like club it's like how is shameless staff rules of like (laughs) and making the students like wait on those students at his party like poor neville's carrying this train he's like i didn't make it into the slug club but i'm here it's no it's it's good It's, it's it's such a good one um and the scene of harry being stoned on felix felicis is one of my favorite things from anything ever. I find it so funny. It is so, it's just so funny. Like when he says hi to the students, he's like, hi. They're just like, I'm sorry, what? Who, who, who is this kid that was like depressed 10 minutes ago? <laughs> Honestly, I know. And I feel like, and you, you'll probably have noticed it yourself now that you're sort of almost done with the series. Cause I, I feel like it comes out most in Order of the Phoenix. Harry is hilarious in the books. He's so sassy and witty. Sassy. This kid is like sassy. He does not care. He's got like his own flair. Like I've seen videos about like his, how people say like he's sassy before, and I'm just like, what do you mean like he's sassy? What do you mean this books? He's like throwing out quips and clipping people, and it's just like, who is this kid? <laughs> like, yeah, he's so dry and sarcastic and witty, and oh I feel like he's at his sassiest in the Order of the Phoenix, which you've obviously <laughs> just read. And I feel like that scene in the Half Blood Prince is the closest we get to it in the movies, like when he's sort of high and just being like, "I am." By all cho- means, come along, Professor. <laughs> yeah, that's. He's just like, "I am the chosen one." I'm like, "You dumbass!" Like, no. Hundred <laughs> percent. Stop. <laughs> oh god, prime moment. That's why I just love that movie. It's just like because some of the time they're just acting like friends, and then you know, dark stuff happens, and then like real life sets in, and it's not all just like going to school. Going to school, going to parties, like doing your exams, like I mean, we've all seen that with the rest of the movies, but like now they're getting into like adults, like they yeah. are adults. They have one year left in the school, and this like like horror of the war is like becoming closer and closer each year. That's it. I feel like it would have been really easy to be a doom and gloom movie, right? Like Voldemort's back, the Wizarding World knows it now. People are going missing, people are dying, and it could have very easily just had no light-hearted side to it. But I think showing the characters being teenagers falling in love falling out of love like making fun of each other having that downtime between really dark gritty moments Mm -hmm. for me it added such an extra dynamic before the closing of the series right yes like like you said it's not 
it wasn't all just doom and gloom, doom and gloom. Like, look at Ron and Lavender. Like, they like JKR just threw in like, hello, like romance here, and like they're making out on the top of the tower, <laughs> like out of nowhere. Like in the movies, you're just like, who the hell is Lavender? But in reality, she's been there the entire time. The entire time. And um, that was one of the main things. I was just like, Lavender's like in like in this book right now. <laughs> like, I'm mm-hmm. like, sorry, like I haven't met her until like Half Blood Prince. Hundred percent, but it so it feels like those moments in the Half Blood Prince feel to me like I don't know if you ever watched The Walking Dead. Um, so in The Walking Dead, um, essentially you'll have these like filler episodes which are like very character centric, and they'll focus on a couple of characters, and they'll they won't be fighting zombies or anything. They'll get into their like backstory, and they'll give you like an emotional pull, and it always happens before that character dies, so that you are hit harder by their death right you're more emotionally attached to them and that's what i feel like the half blood prince does really well it's like obviously we know that lavender dies because of femra grayback later on but you suddenly give a shit about her as a character whereas you wouldn't have before right she's not just a faceless person you were right like they had to put lavender i think putting lavender in to the half blood prince really makes you connect like oh like she was with ron just last year and you see like hermione like that gray back off of her and you can only imagine like what's going through her or ron's head right now yeah like, this was just like a year ago and here's this girl that we went through school with and that was ron's girlfriend like who was like laying in like the hospital bed and now she's gone now she's dead that's it exactly it's and it's like really it's probably really humanizing for them as well right because ron found her really irritating before long hermione obviously wanted her out of the fucking way and it and then they like obviously Hermione like fights off Greyback when she sees it. Like it's like it's all real. Like this is like freaking war right now, and my classmates are dying around. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's the juxtaposition between the the lighthearted side of the Half Blood Prince and then what comes after, which is why I feel like having those lighthearted moments really brings out another element to the dark and gritty side that comes later. Sweet. Um. I have a few questions to, to ask you before right. we wrap up. All right. Shoot. So first of all, I don't, what house are you? Do you have a house you identify with? Yes, I am Ravenclaw through and through. Wait nice. Backs. <laughs> of course, it makes sense. I don't know why I had to ask. <laughs> um, okay, so on that note, if you had to eliminate a whole other house from Hogwarts, which house are you eliminating? You're going to make me the bad guy here. With these mm-hmm. you, you've got to wipe out, like, you've got a Thanos snap a whole house out of existence. Honestly, I'm going to say, like, the obvious, I'm going to say Hufflepuff. <laughs> because, okay. let me explain my reasoning. Um, Gryffindors are obviously very brave, and they will get, like, the job done. Ravenclaws, we are smart, we go by logic, we want to get... The problem solved as fast as we can, but in the best way possible and the most logical way possible. Mm-hmm. Slytherins will do whatever they have to do to get the job done. Even yes, if that means, like, going behind somebody's back just so they can get an inch on, you know, they're very ambitious. A Hufflepuff? You don't really think they bring anything to the table? Kindness. But so many people can be kind. Like, I don't know. Like... I, have re- I even made a video once about what makes Hufflepuff special. And let me tell you, it was one of the hardest videos I had to make because it was this, I was saying the same stuff over and over again. Like, oh, they're so kind. They're so loyal to their friends. This is what makes them great. Yeah, they're a great person. But when you're in a life or death situation, 
Can I just say, look at Cedric? He's dead. Like, he is Dedrick. That is ruthless. Um, and also the first... So I've, I've asked every single one of the guests on this podcast that same question. And this is the first Hufflepuff answer I've had. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no, not a bad thing. I like the variety. Very, like, very strong reasoning as well. Like, you clearly... You feel that. There is, there is no ifs or buts about it to you. Listen, as a person who thinks about all the sides and what needs to get done in the best way possible i if i gotta boot someone out i'm gonna boot out the person who's most kind because if i gotta get somewhere my second house is slytherin they're gonna get the boot it's the ravenclaw logic it totally makes sense i know i'm here for it i, I love it so which of the hallows are you choosing ability cloak 100 i've given this ooh in-depth thought go on give me your reasoning I just, I just put that on and I just got to slip in somewhere and I hear like jibber jabber about a few things. Awesome. If I got to slip out somewhere without anybody seeing me, that's cool. Like, I don't need an all powerful wand. If I got a wand that works just fine and does what I need it to do, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't need a stone that contacts me with my deceased loved ones because that's just depressing. <laughs> Like, and after the story, right, like, if the deceased loved ones who come back to life just want to be dead anyway, like, what's the point? Seriously, it's just, like, it's too sad. So I'm going to choose the invisibility cloak. And, like, as they say with the Three Brothers story, I'm going to hide from death as long as I can. Yeah, yeah. And then go willingly as an old friend go eventually. A hundred percent. Okay, good answer. I think I'd take the same as well. Um, saddest death from the series. Well, I definitely do cry when Dumbledore dies, but I don't know how I feel. But honestly, I cry like a baby when Severus dies. Uh, so I am not a very big Severus Snape fan. I don't want to belittle your saddest death. Of course, a lot of people love Snape. I just personally am not one of them. But I get why. If you if you do love Snape, totally get why it's one of the saddest deaths. I don't love him, but I care for him. I you do. care for him. I feel bad. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. Um, you play Quidditch now, okay? What position are you playing? I'm gonna play that. Not, I'm not a position, I'm gonna be the commentator. Oh, yes. Good <laughs> answer. I'd be a great commentator. Yeah. I'm a little biased for the Ravenclaw team, but just like Lee was for the Gryffindor team, like... Nice, that's a great answer. Those are some very good answers. Um, this has been super fun as well. Thank you so much for chatting to me about Harry Potter, I love it. Yes. Is there anything you want to plug before we, uh, finish up? Um, just my TikTok. I only make Harry Potter content on TikTok, and that's at Katie Baron eighty nine, and the Baron is B A R O N. <laughs> um, but that's really about it. My Instagram really isn't that fun, but you know, if you find that too, it's Kate underscore Baron. It's about it. Thank you so much for having me. 